0: A lot of guys using, the, using just tobacco in general on the teams. Is that where you picked it up?
1: Yeah, riding. <clears throat> yeah, actually, like racers and stuff. Some of my racer buddies are the ones that... Go pretty hard. Yeah, it's, I think just anything. And they do not they party the hard, You know, the racers couldn't, um, compared to us freestyle guys. So they were, like, nicotine was one of their go-tos. You know, throw a, throw a dip in is all they could do, so...
0: Yeah, when I think of freestyle motocross, partying is definitely up there. Yeah. Just a way of life. Yeah,
1: it was definitely part of the part of the game, for sure.
0: But the regular motocross guys, they don't go that hard?
1: Not most of them. They, Why is that? They just train so hard. It's a different sport. You're riding for 30-minute motos all out, sprints, you know, like, we're freestyle, you're doing like a two-minute, and it's more... Oh no. Freestyle got, it started turning into more of a physical sport, but it really started as fucking off, you know, like the, where racing is serious. There's a bunch of money behind racing sponsors and teams that are paying you a bunch of money to do it. Freestyle is more independent. So.
0: So you guys could fuck around a little more. Yeah. And not have
1: somebody barking down your neck. So.
0: It's almost like the ethos
1: of skateboarding is what Exa- it sounds like. It's, it's exactly, going. that's where it came from. Yeah. You know, and snowboarding, like it's, Basically, it's what it came from, you know, like just that lifestyle and the freedom and the freestyle, you know, doing it your way, kind of deal. So,
0: how did freestyle motocross branch out? Was it just guys that didn't a couple want like to stick on the track?
1: Yeah, like a few top racers, uh, Metzger, Deegan, linkoggle just to name a few, and uh they were racers, you know, and trying to do the daily grind for racing. Kind of started. Um, just doing tricks and seeing like the BMX and snowboard and all that stuff evolve and kind of started going after that style and, um, some movies came out and it kind of blew it up into a thing where the, the racer guys were, were kind of doing their thing and some of them broke off and kind of just started riding the hills and doing freestyle stuff and, uh, yeah, it was all history after that, turned it into a sport, you know, um, so, yeah, it all started with with a couple movies, really.
0: Was it pretty popular by the time you were getting involved? Or was it was still like,
1: in its infancy? When I got involved, so I was a, a young kid racing. You and, started at 17, right? That's when you went pro? Yeah, like professional. That's when I started getting paid, like making money. You know, I was still trying to be a racer, though, at the time. Um, started getting paid jumping, and I'm like, oh, maybe this is the way i'll go instead you know um kind of like the style of it more anyways you know like a little more freedom um and so yeah definitely more more my style and i the racing thing was my original goal but some uh got into freestyle after it came here local and i, I was riding bicycles i was doing bmx freestyle kind of stuff and so I could do tricks on a bicycle and it was still racing moto and when um, so a local show came here up north, I went down there and asked them if I could ride, and they let me ride, and basically invited me on tour with them. So Just like that? Yeah, pretty much.
0: Damn. Yeah. And that was at 17?
1: At 17,
0: yeah. Had you been doing a lot of freestyle prior to that, or was it was all just motocross?
1: It was just motocross and BMX. Like I said, I grew up racing BMX, started on bicycles. Parents hated motorcycles. And then uh, then once I got a motorcycle, started racing motorcycles at 11. And then just doing freestyle on bicycles, like just doing tricks and whatnot. And then, um, yeah, basically when freestyle motocross started, I was already, I was doing those tricks on my bicycle and was like, oh, I started do, seeing them in videos on dirt bikes, on motorcycles. I so started doing that. And um, then when the show came to town, I went down and asked him if I could ride. And it was history. Those are the days
0: they just let you, yeah, you could do it, yeah. Yeah, for sure, Well, I was like, underage, the
1: first one, I was 16, and uh, <clears throat> so I went down there, I ditched school at lunch, I went down and asked if I could ride, they're like, oh, you need your dad to sign a waiver, I had to call my dad, be like, hey, I ditched school, but they said I can ride the show if you sign, so he came down there and signed a release for me, so. How did that call go over? <laughs>
0: it went over, right, he
1: came down and signed it, so. I
0: probably would have just forged <laughs> The signature. At that yeah, point. exactly. I don't know if right? The whole cutting glass. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that would have flown. Yeah, yeah. He, that, he was cool That's him. the whole ethos right there. Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna go out and do this.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's how it was. I mean, that's how, how it happened.
0: Was were you still trying to do motocross at that point too, or once you got that, you pretty switched much that over?
1: summer? So, like, I was a junior in high school, um, and I went on tour and started doing shows and. That's pretty much the last time I raced was around that time. And then throughout my senior year, I started going down to SoCal and doing more shows. And so by the time I was graduating high school, I was making money and I knew that that's what I was going to pursue. You know, my dad always said I could go back to school, you know, if I had to chase the dream for a little bit. And you're
0: like, and, yeah, yeah, I'll go back and yeah, yeah, Exactly.
1: To. 20 years later, I'm like, oh, should I go back to school?
0: That's got to be a crazy feeling for a kid in high school to be on tour doing this. Yeah. I'm thinking, why am I going to high school?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was, it was really just, all school was just trying to get done with it, you know, just trying to finish it. Just to get back on your Yeah, exactly. So.
0: Well, especially if you're making money and your friends are in class and you're like, why am I, why am I sitting here right now? Yeah. I know what I want to do. Yeah.
1: It was, uh, it was hard to finish school. I'll tell you that much, but made it through.
0: Were your parents pretty supportive of you going down this path or like your daddy was kind of like eh, not really no i mean it,
1: i think they just saw the passion that i had for it and knew that um that that's what i was going to do regardless so they had to let me you know it wasn't really an option and they supported it um as much as they could like i said they weren't into it they weren't didn't ride themselves or um but i think that if i didn't have that to go after any other path probably wouldn't have been a good one. So <laughs> that's how it goes, yeah, right? Definitely, you kind of
0: find this thing that you can funnel all that energy into. Yeah, it definitely kept me on my straight and narrow for sure, compared
1: to uh, where I would have been.
0: Which is ironic because you hear freestyle motocross, you think anarchy. Yeah, it's exactly. like no, this is what kept me Yeah,
1: It was controlled anarchy. You know, it was something with something enough to keep keep your your goals straight. You know,
0: was it pretty big at that time, or you guys were kind of. it was was this new emergency no it was new
1: it was definitely in the beginning of it and um by the time like i was out of high school and started going down to like socal and visiting down there it was kind of blowing up and that's when like i was really starting to pursue it and get serious and like starting to go down there and like train and starting to pursue sponsorship and tours and stuff like that so it was kind of right at the beginning of it and uh Like when it was blowing up, I was like chasing the coattails of it, you know?
0: Is that kind of the path you have to go down is it's locking a sponsorship and then the money starts coming and you can kind of. Kind of, yeah, tours,
1: sponsorship, mostly tours, like contests, get into contests and um, start showing that you can hang and be there. And, you know, obviously being riding with the top guys and when there's filmers and video, you know, that's a big part of it. Just magazine and video exposure wasn't really, uh, the internet wasn't really the scene around. The, what you are know, we the, talking right now? I'm trying to think like, oh, one, I graduated high school in oh one. So, so this is
0: pre, pre like YouTube. social.
1: Yeah, exactly. So like none of that was a thing yet really, you know? So it was a different deal. Like when I look at it now, like it would have been a whole different game compared to what it was when I was doing it or when I was starting, like towards the end, all the social networking stuff and, youtube all that stuff was just kind of starting to blow up and it was kind of dabbling in that a little bit like sponsors were starting to look more into like your following on social networking more so than your contest results and stuff you know like that was towards the end of my of my career I was definitely going that way now it seems like that's the majority of it you know
0: i was gonna say that's gonna be like 90 percent. yeah now. for sure you just blow up off one video of you doing a trick in your backyard and- Yeah, for sure, and
1: there's millions of views, you know, the eyeballs are on it, and that's what the sponsors want, so.
0: Yeah, then it's proof of concept, right? If you've got this following, you can already bring to the table. Yeah, exactly. We don't have to take a chance on this kid. Yeah, We know he's got this backing right now.
1: Yeah, and it used to be, like, if you're getting shots in magazines, or video parts, or placing in contests, getting TV time, stuff like that, you know, was where the sponsors were getting their exposure, so... Yeah, I was back in the day, though.
0: Yeah, now it's Time to change quick.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. It's it's crazy to look at now what it is and the way it's grown, you know.
0: Does it feel like that has taken away something in a sense, where you had to grind a little bit more to get there?
1: I don't know if it's taken away. I think that the the internet and the social networking is kind of given, I mean, given kids a chance to expose, show what they got and, you know, not have to go through what I went through, like, trying to go and show, show yourself and, you know, chase sponsors down and get into contests and stuff, you know, like you can, if you're a good writer, you can put your shit online now and people see it and you can, you know, get that respect easy. So it's definitely different. I don't know if, I wouldn't know if it's harder, or easier, but I know the writing level stepped up huge. So, you know, there's, it's a, it's a different game now than it was 20 years ago.
0: Well, that's like most things, right? Is now you've got this back catalog that these kids can see, and so their starting point is so much further ahead, because they're
1: watching all the pros. Oh, yeah. Like, when I started, there was no... We didn't even think it was possible to flip a dirt bike, you know, let alone a 450, 80 feet, 100 feet. Like, it wasn't even, like, thought possible, you know? And so the fact that that now is what kids are watching is, like, the regular, like, that's a go-to. If you don't flip, you're not doing freestyle, you know? So... It's definitely, uh, the, the speed that it evolved was, it was crazy to watch. If you don't flip,
0: you're almost not going to make it now. Yeah.
1: I mean, the flip took out a bunch of the top guys that when I started were like the top guys They could never learn how to flip and it retired them, you know, it was, can't get shows if you weren't doing flips at one point. So
0: just because they didn't want to try
1: it or, or couldn't figure it out. It's such a mental thing, you know, more, more so than like a physical skill it's just the commitment going off a ramp being able to know that a flip's coming around blind you know is people couldn't get over the the mental part of it, it was harder than anything like the, actually physically doing it is one of the easier tricks it's just committing uh, you know to the movement obviously learning that is you know the the key to it
0: but yeah that's got to be a mind fog especially as you're getting up into the higher elevation You just got to commit. You can't psych yourself out.
1: Yeah. The hardest thing is just learning that the blind flip, you know, like, because you don't see anything going off the ramp and you're looking, we're like, when you're training racing, you're controlling the bike over the bars, you know, looking ahead to do a backflip, You're going off a ramp and yanking and committing just to looking up in the sky, you know, and knowing that it's going to come around just by the feeling of it and how you adjust. Like it's all, it's a different, different concept. But it was also before foam pits and airbags, all that stuff, which now kids are starting off on those, you know, where those weren't even around when we started, you know? So <clears throat> it's definitely a, a different game.
0: So when you were going to these practice sessions and training, what did that look like for you? You just, if you eat it, you're eating it on the ground, you don't have any I mean,
1: yeah, th- for sure. I mean, gradual, I was kind of thrown into it, like... There's definitely times where you just had to say, fuck it and go for it. Um, There's a gradual, like you could take learning steps and start on smaller stuff and work your way up. You know, that was the evolution of it for me. But then at some point you, you have to know when to just say, fuck it and go for it. Um, use your best judgment and make your, you know, calculations. Okay. I'm going to hit it this fast or, you know, and then trust in your, in your calculations. It's right. You know, um, a lot of that hell I mean, riding with better people it was a game changer. Like, once I started going down south, um, the guys I was riding with down there it was definitely like a huge learning curve for me. You know, it's like little fish, big pond type thing. You know, like up here, I was jump everything that was around, you know, like kind of the, the top dog of that. And then you go down and ride with all these other guys, and
0: you're like, oh shit. Yeah.
1: And so, it's definitely a step in a, a big step, you know, so.
0: But probably great <laughs> for your evolution because steel oh, yeah. sharpens steel. You yeah, no, for sure. A hundred percent. And that's
1: what, that's what it took to get to that point, you know, and I knew that. That's why I put myself in that situation and, um, you got to push yourself to, to evolve. And so that's what I did.
0: Were you, how did, so, say for, you know, flipping a dirt bike? was that just somebody saying fuck it or was that kind of mapped out oh no it was mapped out <clears throat> for sure that some of the first guys doing them like Kerry
1: hart and uh, caleb wyatt and metzger like they were messing around with it for a while on bicycles and mulch pits and you know they had the vision and the goal of doing it and it wasn't the right vision at first you know they were doing it on this steep dirt just step up single where it's actually way easier to do a gap like a further gap it works better but at that time there wasn't foam pits and you weren't going to just try one of those to dirt you know so they started on smaller steeper stuff kind of figured it out and um then foam pits kind of came around they were had bicycle foam pits at the time so like we were all learning on bicycles how to flip like get that uncomfortable you know back feeling that i was telling you about and um like and then basically it's like a 10 12 foot jump and then taking it to mini bike at like 30 feet and then a big bike at like 45 then 75 like still a gradual learning you know
0: well starting on a bike would be a great way to kind of Shake the nerves off because yeah, at least if you sure. wipe out, it's not going to be as bad as <laughs> yeah. Totally, that's what I did. I mean, that's
1: kind of what we were doing. Like when I first started <clears throat> even thinking it was possible, I was hanging out with Metzger, and he was one of the first guys that was really starting to do him consistent. And uh, he had went and learned on a bicycle out at Point X Camp and uh, down south. And there's a foam pit and a resi mat there, and so I'd gone out there with him a couple times and learned to flip a bicycle. And then he would ended up building a foam pit. And so then that's when I, when he built that, I started flipping my, uh, mini bike into that. And then my big bike, but it's different. I mean, the, a 10 foot flip is really fast where like a 75 foot flip is like, it's a long, slow flip. You have a lot of blind upside down time, you know? So it's different, but it definitely is, you know, take those gradual steps, doing it as safe as you can, but you know, you still have to, have to t- risk it or like shut the brain off sometimes, but. You do that in steps and, you know,
0: like, try to do it safely. And then bringing that just fucking attitude. Yeah, at some exactly. Point. And
1: then that it, that has to come in, all, you know, and and sometimes that'll hurt you, you know, and you end up in the dirt. But you, you learn to try to use calculated, you know, risk and be like, all right, I know what I'm doing here. And then having confidence in yourself, like the mental game of the sport is bigger than I think anybody ever thinks about when you're not doing it just the nerves and you know what's everything that goes through your head to do it on top of all the muscle memory and just doing it over and over and over like there's a lot going on you're using your throttle right hand and front brake and your left hand clutch your left foot shifting and your right foot breaking body weight you know like your full muscle memory full body so it's a lot a lot of practice it's one of those things the more time you put on the bike and just get so comfortable that you're just in the zone when you're on the bike and you don't second guess or think about anything is like the safest way to to be really you know people are like oh you just do these flips for shows and stuff it's like no every day i was doing flip like right in the morning do 20 flips right in the evening do 20 do all your other tricks you
0: know like just building the muscle memory yeah
1: and really being comfortable is the main thing about like i think it it makes it safer you know to be able to to do it over and over and over you know not not be a one-off just hucking yourself that's when you know that's that's when you're eating shit most time but and sometimes you know there's that situation where you're gonna do that you know but
0: well, And if you want any sort of longevity, you can't be a one trick pony. You uh, can't be yeah. the guy that did a, did one flip <laughs> yeah, exactly. five years ago and just exactly. ride those coaches. And the
1: people, I mean, there is the writers that were more just like, fuck it, like going for it. And you end up hurt. Like you don't have that longevity. It's, it's, you're on, if you're on the couch for three months, you know, you're not writing shows. You're not.
0: And then you got to you know. try to build up the muscle memory to come back. Yeah, and you've exactly. got the fear of, yeah, last confidence, time I did this. Yeah,
1: for sure. So there's a fine line of, um, of the fuck it factor you know like you you don't you want to be smart about it but then you got you
0: definitely got to be able to shut it off you know is that how a lot of people are getting takeout? out is just injuries just trying to do something and it's yeah. not clicking
1: yeah i mean it and it happens usually it's the little things you know you'll it'll be a day you're just putting around the track and you fall over and break an arm you know and you're just out doing backflips all day the day before you know It it depends I mean, they're dangerous and you can, you know, little, little falls can hurt you easy, but, um, there's definitely like trying to be consistent and not getting hurt is the way to make a living. You know, if you're hurt all the time, then it's, you're not getting paid. So
0: Yeah. And if you're not getting paid. Yeah, find another job. Yeah, right? (laughs) Man, I would imagine that psychs a lot of guys out too, is if you're out on the track and you're seeing these guys get hurt around you trying to do the
1: tricks you're doing. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the whole mental part of it is you know it's gonna it can and it's going to happen no matter how bad and when, you know? And uh, yeah, watching other people get hurt, then you have to go out and ride right after that, you know? Or just knowing in the back of your mind that that stuff can happen is... It's hard to hard to overcome, you know?
0: That's what they say about riding just motorcycles in general is it's not a matter of time when you get hit. It's, it's, it's going to happen. And how yeah, bad, yeah, yeah fair sure. It's just, how bad is it going to be when it does happen?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's there and you try to minimize your risks by doing things the comfortable way for yourself or what you think is the best way, you know, and there's only one way to learn and so you, Do it that way, you know.
0: Were you always pretty comfortable with that aspect of Yeah, it might happen, but you got to shut it out." I mean,
1: not not really. I was always scared. I mean, it's gnarly when you think about it, and so you try not to think about like the bad things that can happen. You try to think about what you're doing to make sure you're doing everything right, and um, and not let that because that that mental block can really end up fucking you in the long run. You know, if you're if you're too in your head about it. And you're not going to perform the way your body, you know, like you've been training. So that's a huge part of the whole process for me too, is just learning to deal with my nerves and, um, and the fear, you know, the possibility, like, how do you block that out of your brain when you're trying to funk, you know, a focus on what you're doing. So, um, yeah, it takes a that was one of the harder things for me physically, like athletically, I'm pretty talented. <laughs> But uh, to get out there and control your your fears and you know your discipline it was definitely definitely one of the harder things about the sport I think and most people don't really think about it you know just the nerves in the stadium when you're going out there by yourself going to hit the jumps do these tricks and like not think about the crowd and everything else that's going on you know and just focus on what you know you can do and once you start you you know drifting into bad thoughts or this or that like then you're not focused and that's when bad shit happens so
0: yeah tuning out the crowd yeah all those screams yeah a little intense
1: yeah that's a lot
0: yeah especially i mean you're out there like you said you're practicing and it's just you or maybe it's you and your team couple buddies yeah and then you go to a crowd setting. It's like oh, pressure's yeah. on now. Hey, yeah. if you wipe out, there's going to be a lot of people seeing it.
1: Yeah, and for contests, it's scheduled like a you know there's a, either TV time or you know their their viewing time. So it's not on your on your terms and and or the weather's terms. Like it can be super windy, and they're like, hey, and go, and you're like, wait, can I you know can I wait? They're like, no, go, like it's time to go, and it's time to go, and uh, and so you you got to learn to deal with that and there, that separates people too just in the contest world because it's never you can go and practice every day in your backyard and do everything then you show up to a contest the jumps are weird the weather's weird you got a crowd you got tv time travel you know different bikes sometimes like it, it's uh there's a lot to deal with um that you know kind of separates the the backyard warriors from the guys that are able to pull off shows and contests, you know,
0: and do it repeatedly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think you're right. I don't think a lot of people take that into account yeah. when they're thinking about the sport. No, a lot of people, and they talk to me about it, they're like, Oh,
1: you're crazy. Like just go out there and do it. And it's like, yeah, there's definitely that aspect, but there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Like I said earlier about the people asking like, Oh, like you, was that the first time you flipped or you don't, it's like, no, it's something I do every day, all day long and train and, You know like and work hard you know there's more going on than most people see you know on the inside even on the the mental side of it you know
0: and that would be such a a challenge if you were this guy and you're going out there and you have the talent and you can perform in practice and then when the pressure's on you just fold yeah for sure it's frustrating i mean it happened to me many a times
1: like training getting some big contests like you know, NBC do tour, fly to Baltimore, show up, like nerves, con- tracks weird or coarse and like get through practice, feel all right. Your first run comes up and you fuck up your first jump and it's done. It's like you spent all this time and travel and money to get there and then, you know, just go fumble because of the nerves or, or whatever it may be, like, lack of experience, but that's how you learn, you know, like that's, that's what it takes. And the next time you do a little better, start working on, you know, like just being able to deal with it and experience is the best thing, you know, that's if you're not getting hurt and you're showing up and doing the practice and working and then it, it starts coming around, you know, it's just, uh, it's getting through it to there, you know, you just
0: got to keep showing up. Yeah, exactly. Got to take your beatings and then yeah, get back no, on the water. Sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I was watching a video of you flying through the air with Meta militia for the black Friday film. And you're just, I mean, it was insane. I'm sitting here watching it thinking, oh my God. And if yeah. you wipe out, holy shit. Yeah, for sure. But you're, I mean, you guys are just launching
1: through yeah. the air. Yeah. A bunch of that stuff, you're you're doing everything you can to make sure you're not wiping out, you know, and that's just because uh, some of that stuff, you know, like 200 foot, like as fast as your bike will go, some big jumps and that's all really just comes down to the same thing experience and time doing it and practice like the more you're on your bike the more comfortable you feel everything becomes like second nature um and that's when you have the confidence and and are able to do that stuff without thinking too much about it or getting it in your head and just being able to feel it and feel the the dirt and your bike and the wind and just be in the zone where it's like when you're at that point sometimes you don't even second guess anything or it's you're not even thinking about the possibilities of what could happen because you're just things just flow you know and that's the feeling that we're all chasing really you know like that's when when you when you're doing 200 foot jumps and just greasing them and everything's smooth it's it's like swishing a three-point shot but A 200 foot jump you know but it's it's that feeling yeah but then when you land it's smooth as butter and you know when you when you do it right it it feels good and that's what that's what we're going after the whole time so
0: it's got to almost be a meditative state where you just you're kind of shutting when you finally do send it oh for sure through the air and i think that's as a kid
1: that's what drew me to it i think so much is because you're just in your own head you know you put on your helmet and even when you're riding with buddies you're like you're in the zone, you're so focused on everything else going on, um, that it gets you away from everyday worries or stresses or whatever it may be. You know, it's definitely a, a meditative state, um, in a way, you know, it's the opposite in a way too. But as far as just escaping the real world and, you know, it's, I think it's a a therapy of sorts for sure.
0: And a high that's hard to beat. Yeah. Once you go through it and you land it, you're almost you're chasing that high
1: yeah which is interesting like i never even as a kid thought about it as like adrenaline you know or anything but definitely that feeling of like going fast you know or like like i said doing something smooth or like getting learning a technique better you know it's just like clicking off that those little like steps of getting better and better is what kind of motivated me personally is doing something or being scared to do something then doing it and be like yeah you know like conquering little goals the whole time is uh is what motivated me and kept me going for sure
0: when you started out what kind of tricks were you guys doing
1: um like very first it was like heel clickers where you like throw your feet up above the bars knack knacks and can cans no handers all that stuff were like all bmx tricks it kind of went to dirt bikes. Like what I was saying earlier, when I started, it was all that. And then as like BMX evolved, dirt bikes started kind of catching up and right there, like people would start doing seat grabs and Superman's on a bicycle and we'd start doing them on our dirt bikes. And um, yeah, pretty much just evolved with that to anything as far as jumping off the bike, grabbing the seat, um, letting go of the bars. Feet going through the bars. Now there's body variables where guys are spinning above the bike. Obviously the flips and three sixties with the bike, and yeah, it, it's evolved a lot. Like it started off basically as one handers, you no, know, just taking your hands off, kind of showboating at the races, you know. And um and yeah, As now people are doing triple flips and three sixties and body
0: varials and everything else. So. The body variables one that's what freaks me out because it seems like there's so much that could go wrong yeah as soon as you as yeah, soon as you're off sure. the bike in the air
1: totally because i mean when you're <clears throat> holding onto the bike like i said flips are almost easier than like a bunch of the like seat grab let go tricks where you're jumping off the back of the bike letting go getting back on because a flip you still have all four limbs on you can con- you know unless you're doing a super flip or something but just a standard flip you can still control the bike as much as possible with the throttle and brake and. um so some of those, the body variables and some of the other like technical grab tricks and stuff, those in my opinion are harder and more technical than just a standard flip.
0: Yeah. And the mentality aspect starts kicking in there too, because then oh, you're yeah. off the bike.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's full commitment at a bunch of those, you know, you can't half-ass those.
0: So at what point in your career when you're starting out, did it start ramping up like that? When people started doing the flips and realized, oh, we can take this to the next level.
1: It was pretty, I mean, pretty early at all, really the sport evolved so fast that <clears throat> I can't even think of when the flips, when they started doing flips, I'm not sure of the year, but once like one guy did it, everybody, everybody doing it. started doing it. And then it was like, then, like I said, they started off just on a single, you know, a step up lip. And once it turned into like gap jumps, like 45 foot and then 75 foot, which is like the standard show or contest ramp. Then it was like, it was either you're doing it or you're not competitive. And that's, um, I was kind of like when I had to make the decision, I'm like, well, I guess this is something that I'm going to go for and try to make it happen if I want to keep, keep my name in the game, you know? So, um, and then as soon as you're flipping consistently, then it's like, oh, flip, take a hand off, flip, take two hands off, flip, grab the seat, you know, grab the seat, pick, kick your feet off. You know, it's all just the slow um evolution of the tricks but um yeah it all happened pretty fast not that slow like it people you know there's a bunch of super competitive dudes that are all trying to one-up each other and so like you're riding in the backyard with four of the top guys in the world and everyone's trying to be the best you know it's all fun shits and giggles but it definitely is competitive you know
0: friendly too so it's interesting how once one person breaks that barrier hands wide open yeah and everywhere sure. you just the rate of expansion
1: just is yeah.
0: insane
1: no definitely um and i mean that happens in everything right like, they
0: said that with running i think it was the I, five minute I, mile heard, yeah they were like nobody can nobody do done this. one
1: guy did it then within yeah, like a week doing there's it. 10 guys doing it yeah it's the the restraint of your mind you know telling you what's possible and what's not up. yeah exactly and then in fear you know especially in like is a good example in in the sport of freestyle. It's just, you know, overcoming fear and and understanding that something can happen. and once you do, it's like, oh yeah, it's easy actually. Everyone can do it, you know. So yeah, it's interesting to look back on, you know.
0: And to be a part of. Not just to yeah, look back on yeah, it but yeah, to yeah. be in the forefront of seeing this thing evolve in that way. Yeah,
1: for sure. It's uh I look back on it and trip out sometimes, just thinking about it or looking at old magazine stuff or stories just telling stories to the kids and stuff is it's funny um but it, yeah it just flowed it all happened you know and it was just riding the wave
0: it'd be <laughs> interesting if this if it had started during the internet age where youtube was already big and this sport is just kind of emerging because yeah. imagine the footage i would i would imagine some of your best jumps nobody's probably oh yeah seen but you.
1: for sure totally um I mean, the little video I do have is mostly outdated stuff or there's some like right towards the end of my career that there's a couple of videos out there, but there's so much stuff that wasn't video, you know, and or recorded. Um, so, I mean, I'd imagine the whole, the growth of the sport, the speed, how fast it grew would probably be even faster, you know, but it, um, yeah, I think the internet's been a good thing for... For the sport, for every for watching other people evolve, seeing what someone on the other side of the world's doing, you know, you're like, oh, so that's possible, huh? Or they're trying that. Like, so you have to you used to have to wait till X Games once a year and see what the people had
0: been working on, you know. And now you can just scroll TikTok. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ten of the craziest stunts you've seen, and think, yeah, okay, exactly. now I got to try to do something. Yeah, right. Did you ever watch somebody wipe out or have a wipe out where you thought, oh, I don't know, maybe I need to pump the brakes on this? Mm, I mean, yeah,
1: every time someone else, you know, when you see other people crash, it actually is worse than when you do it yourself. Like anytime I'd have bad crashes, you're more just kind of frustrated with getting hurt rather than like the actual pain of it. Um, Just because you've worked so hard to get where you are and you know that that's going to take three months or however long for your bones to heal and have surgery, whatever it may be. So watching other people go down is actually harder um, for me personally just because, I don't know, I guess being from the outside looking in where in your head, you you know, you're focused on your goals and what you're trying to get to. So um, I mean, definitely having losing friends, like I've had probably like five of my close friends die doing it and that, those ones definitely sit you down for a second. You start questioning what, you know if you want to still pursue it but it you've always known that's possible you know like you, you know it's a possibility but then when it happens you're like you know it, it hits so
0: it's almost like that room that you don't want to enter in the back of your mind right? yeah exactly you kind of got to shut the door on yeah that. exactly not ignore that it's possible but not that's the thing get into it.
1: exactly you, you can't just ignore that the risk is there because you want to be aware of it but not um not focus on that you know you want to want to keep your keep your head clear of all the negative stuff so you can focus on doing what you're what you're trying to do you know
0: that's almost like a hard cap on how fast it can change too in a way is that if you don't land the trick you're gonna be out of commission for x period of time yeah whereas if there was no threat of bodily injury you guys could just be oh for sure just go for innovating. it and that's
1: something that's i think also changed the like the evolution of sport recently is like airbag landings and foam pits and stuff you know like before those like we're you're always jumping to dirt or even steel landings you know now they have the airbag landings that i've seen guys that fully have bailed landed like you know full pete rose slide and got up and walked away you know where if you do that on dirt you're sticking the dirt and getting ragdolled you know so it um the the new setups are safer, but it's almost yeah, it's definitely let people push a little more because the consequence is a little less, but still there. You know, it's definitely definitely not safe now.
0: Do you think that helps with that mindset framing in a way is because you do now you can send it as hard as you want and there's not I mean, if you land on an airbag you're you're not gonna die. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know. Cause I haven't
1: jumped airbags, but you haven't I think jumped airbags. Uh-uh, I've never landed. They just almost have it too them. easy, man. Yeah, I know. Right. That's what we joke about that sometimes. Like, oh, kids these days. But, um, I mean, there is still risk. Don't get me wrong. It's, uh, you can still definitely get hurt. And I mean, the I don't think it, like me personally, I would still have the same fears right into airbag, you know, like, I don't think it would change my mentality that much, but maybe that's just because it's ingrained in me, the consequences of eating shit on dirt or on a ramp, you know? Well,
0: and you're not going to have the airbag when it's time to actually perform.
1: Yeah, well, they're using airbag landings now, so instead of, like, a big steel landing or dirt landing, it's a big airbag that fills up, and they're land with a, like, plastic hard surface on it so they can land on it and ride off.
0: In competition? They yeah. Can- oh, yeah, whoa. Yeah.
1: So that's... um. And it's allowing people to do gnarlier stuff, you know, definitely the, like the best trick contests now are like triple flips and like 720s and, you know, stuff that we wouldn't be doing if it was dirt still, you know, so, but then at that level, you know, there's still, there's super high consequence still, even to airbag landing, you know, cause you're still going so high and there's so much momentum behind it, so.
0: Was that out of a desire to kind of make it safer for people getting pretty
1: beat up? Yeah, for sure. 100%. I mean, when you're doing something risky that's going to be that risky, like making it as safe as possible is still the goal, you know? Like even with dirt landings, like we'd always try to put a safety deck on the landing. So if you did miscalculate and come up a little short, you're not just backsiding a jump, you know? Like, so you make it as safe as possible or or ideally want to, you know? Mm
0: Yeah, ideally, want to. Yeah, yeah. Help the guys the out. Goal. I think it's obviously probably better for the guys and the sport yeah, if they're not sure. getting beat
1: up. Totally. All and time. If, if riders are comfortable and they're able to push themselves more, and so it um, uh, goes full circle for sure.
0: Where, so you had these steel landings. That's what you guys were jumping over. Yeah, for mobile, like for shows that we would um, that we would
1: like do in parking lots or like even like uh, fairgrounds and stuff. They started making steel landings or basically like a low boy trailer um, with like a big steel, you know, down face to it. They put the ramps and bikes in it, tow it wherever, pull it out in a venue, unfold it, and then set up the takeoff ramp and be able to jump to that instead of... Because originally, back when I started, it was only dirt, you know, so you'd have to get 20 dump truck loads of dirt, shape a landing, and then it's, you know, hopefully the dirt's good, it's not muddy or sandy, you know. so then. When they started using mobile landings, it opened up a bunch of opportunities to do shows in parking lots and places where they weren't, you know, where you couldn't usually. And then now it's evolved into airbags. They unfold a huge airbag, turn on a generator and a fan and pump the thing up, you know, so
0: it's like a flat inflatable.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: The steel landing doesn't sound that great.
1: No, they weren't. I mean, they, there was some that were good, but they, um, I mean, the risk on those is, as high as anything you know and they weren't always smooth landing like even when you greased them perfect spot like you're kind of bouncing down a little bit still but it was just that the convenience of them you know you're able to go do a show anywhere like literally pretty much if you had a 70 foot run in you could set a ramp at a 70 foot gap and have a 40 foot run out like about 200 feet you could set up a do a show anywhere
0: to really open up the venue portion of that. Yeah,
1: for sure. For demos, you know, just for like, for demos for companies, schools, any, anything really, monster truck shows, all that stuff.
0: Which back then was probably the name of the game. It's just trying to get people to see it. Yeah, a get lot eyes of that. On the venue.
1: I mean, even the sport now, too, it's a lot of the, you know, there's only contests here and there. And most of the money and like consistency in it was just doing demos, like shows for events. Um, Concerts, I mean you name it birthday parties, like you, you know really, if people have enough money to pay, then you know it's dancing monkeys you know coming they throw coins at us, and we do tricks, you know, <laughs> but um, yeah, as always it's that was uh the main you know income is just doing random shows like that pretty much. is that still hold true today, yeah, for the most part, like some of the bigger tours are like on concert um tours, supercross. Um, so my buddies are doing demos on the parking lot during Supercross for Monster. Um so it's that's definitely I think one of the, like just doing side entertainment stuff has always been a big part of the sport.
0: Are sponsorships still are they bigger nowadays?
1: I think there's less of them available but more Money and the ones that are there, you know, the the people that have a good sponsor these days are getting good money for them. And but there used to be a bunch of little like companies would be throwing money around, you know, just to to get their names out there uh, on your bike and stuff, you know, like
0: what we have here locally at Redwood Acres, where you could just sponsor the car. Yeah, exactly. Some mom and pop
1: business, yeah, but like a shoe company or a clothing company, you know, if they know that you're doing this tour and it's this crowd of people, you know, then you're you're running their product and putting their logos on your bike then all those people that are at those events that you're going to be riding or seeing their logo you know so once again those both like a way that social networking and the internet's changed you know because that used to be the like if you had a busy schedule all year and you're doing this tour and that tour and these shows and then this contest like sponsors see that and they're like all right that's that's where we're going to put some of our advertising money into you know
0: when were you, so when you're going through this and you're getting sponsors and stuff? When did the big ones start to come along? Because I saw that you were sponsored by Rockstar, and this was back when Rockstar was Rockstar.
1: Yeah, those were like I started getting. Well, when I was when I first rode that show here, I started It was right around the time I was starting to get like a sponsors where they're giving me free gear and stuff like that, and then my paying sponsors they were actually paying a salary probably didn't start hmm, until like right around when I was flipping maybe and started getting paid good um as far as like salary from sponsors and then uh so that was probably shoot I don't even know the years but probably about 10 years into my career started like getting good sponsors and salary you know which makes a takes a lot of the weight off the shoulders because you're not relying on just shows and contests to make the income. You're actually getting a monthly check. So, you know, if you do get hurt, you still, for those couple months, will still be able to pay your rent and all that stuff, you know? Um, that's gotta be a nice transition. Oh, it's huge. I mean, that's, that was the main goal, you know, to get s- at least a couple good paying sponsors. So, um, and then it re- like really takes the weight off of a bunch of other stuff, you know, just, focus on doing what you need to do and not worry about making money the next week you know
0: yeah i gotta go i gotta travel across the country to go yeah. get this one then be back yeah, exactly freeze up a lot of time yeah
1: and you kind of get to pick and choose what you're actually doing you know maybe not ride that shady fair you know that you don't want to go and do yeah but with that need the phase. thousand bucks yeah so it um yeah that's definitely the the pain sponsors are, are the way to go
0: and when you've got all those paying sponsors, are you still doing tours, they're just higher level tours? Yeah, and or for that
1: sponsor. Like for Rockstar, like they had the um the Mayhem Festival, which is like a metal music like Slipknot, Corn, all like the biggest metal bands. Um and so they sponsor events like that too. So then a lot of times they'll put you on those shows. Like I did that three years for like three months a year on a tour bus every day riding a show, you know, in the midday a couple times throughout the day but you know when there's side bands going on stuff then it's like side entertainment so all the concert goers can turn like then we'll do a demo you know so the whole crowd gets to watch that while well, the next band's setting up then they go on you know so the um a lot of times with those pain sponsors they bring opportunity for for more shows and you know want to want to do stuff like that too
0: so which is great for you guys. Again, you're getting more eyes. Oh, yeah. All these exactly. people going to this concert. Yeah. Hey, what is this? Over. Yeah. What's
1: on the side here? And knowing that, you know, like for Rockstar, for example, that they had these tours and stuff going on. so by getting a ride with them, then they're going to actually, it's going to bring shows to your, to your plate too. So.
0: What a trip. Yeah. I went to a, I don't know if it was a Supercross event, but they had motocross and then had freestyle at the end. Down in Mm -hmm. San Francisco, they did it at the baseball arena down there. And they jumped, the freestyle guys jumped on the supercross track. They brought ramps out there. Yeah, they had it like (laughs) sectioned onto the side or something. Because it was all dirt. Yeah. They didn't have any steel frames or anything like that. It was all just a dirt track. But then I don't remember if they were moving it towards the end they started making the mounds or if they were just closer to the edge than the actual track. So they do
1: that sometimes at the supercross. They'll do them in the parking lots. Um like, for the pit party, like, before Supercross, you know, when crowds start to show up, they'll do some shows in the parking lot. And then sometimes they'll do them, like, in, like, opening ceremonies or, uh, like, at halftime, you know, pull ramps out there and set up and, you know, just keep eyes on the show and keep people entertained.
0: Yeah, it was a trip to see. I think they did it at the end and they brought out, you know, they had these fire pits off to the side that were yeah, shooting yeah, flames. Yeah, up and these guys were pyrotechnics yeah. and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah that's always part of it too some of the shows were full like um like one of the tours i did nuclear cowboys was put on by feld entertainment and like produced by the people that do disney on ice and it was full choreographed like pyrotechnics dancers the full full nine yards yeah so there, there's that too which was a whole different gig in itself you know they're doing choreograph tricks at a certain times, certain you know it's a there's a whole show to it you know so there's a there's really a bunch of different angles that like freestyle motocross kind of went off there's like riding out in the hills just videoing you know shooting photos doing demos at you know fair events like monster truck stuff like that doing choreographed shows doing like concerts contests you know there's like I said, there's really a bunch of little fingers that, that you could go off doing that. So
0: yeah, it's interesting how it's evolved in that way. Yeah, you've really got it's it's a sport, but it also is this This side entertainment. Yeah, like people just yeah people just
1: like to look and go, whoa, what the fuck are those guys doing? <laughs> you know, so it um, which is why it makes it attractive to people. You know, because you don't have to be a rider to necessarily like trip out watching somebody do 80 foot backflips in the parking lot you know like a joe Schmo could be walking by and stop and look at that and you know so promoters realize that and just getting people to events you know like it, it grabs eyes and attention for sure
0: yeah you don't need any experience to think holy to th- shit! yeah to what watch is, and be is, like well that was cool fly yeah the exactly air.
1: but then people like that don't know like the technicalities of a trick like a certain trick that's super hard when and you know, they see it and they're like, Oh, I don't really know what's going on and then a the guy does a standard flip and they're like, Holy shit, you know, like so it's funny. Um, you can definitely tell that different crowds would be into certain stuff more so than than others, you know. As far as like more technical little tricks compared to just like bigger, like visu- visually pleasing, job. yeah.
0: Yeah, imagine how many guys went to a motocross event or a freestyle motocross event and then went out bought a bike and just broke something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for broke for sure. an arm, tried to go oh, off yeah. a small little berm or something yeah. and just
1: Yeah, I think it usually happens quick though. Like they see it, you know, and go and get a bike and unless and bike. On Craigslist. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. No, no. Yeah, not for me. Yeah, not gonna work. That uh, goes back to people not really seeing the what really goes into it, like how much time is put into in the you know, the, the discipline it takes to get to that point, you know.
0: Was that a challenge for you trying to get people to realize, or I guess across the sport in general, just trying to get people to understand the technicality of it? Yes, yeah, it's this really cool thing. We're flying through the air, but there's a lot on the back end of this that people aren't seeing. Yeah. I mean, it was, the thing is, is it, like you were saying,
1: it does like appeal to just random Everybody. people. So you didn't really have to like tell anybody, oh, this is hard. Like. They see you jumping, they think it's cool, you know, and in awe about it. They, I just don't think a lot of people understand the, like how, how calculated everything is. They just kind of think you're some nut job out there flipping yourself around, you know? Evil so, evil. Yeah, exactly. So, which was a whole different thing, you know, like just being a stuntman compared to like more of an athlete. I think it's two, two separate deals, you know, it's not a once a year, like big jump. It's an every day training and you know making sure you're perfect so
0: yeah like you were saying earlier about the guy who's oh is this your first backflip yeah, yeah exactly. like, no man i've been doing yeah. i did 40 today that, yeah, yeah exactly. i've been doing them sure. since i woke up this morning yeah, to which is what
1: makes you comfortable doing it you know there, i don't think there's it's not safe to do it anyway but that so
0: yeah especially when so much is at stake yeah you don't want to just dilly dally and No, for sure. Not ride for a couple of days and then say, okay.
1: That's literally like when I was at my peak, like if I didn't ride for a week, like the first day back, I'd be like, all right, like kind of take it easy at first, you know, like you get in that routine of riding every single day, maybe take like a day off here or there just to let your body rest. But, um, it's that you can like that, that comfort level has to be there to, to be able to be confident, you know? So you take a couple days off or injury or anything and it definitely, um, you need to, need to approach it a little slower when you're first getting back, you know.
0: What does your schedule look like when you're on tour at this high level, your training schedule?
1: Just training or for shows and everything? Training and shows. So it depends, like I said, like for that Mayhem Festival, you're on a tour bus for three months and you're riding three shows a day pretty much every day. So there's not, you're pretty much that's enough training just in itself, you know. Um riding that much every day at home and like getting ready for contests and stuff. Wake up in the morning and ride, then go to the gym and train, rest in the afternoon, then ride again in the evening. Um probably like 4 days a week. And then weekends usually a show on a Friday or Saturday or something, same thing.
0: Are a lot of guys hitting the gym?
1: Yeah, I uh, at first I think not as much like I said it was kind of the racers that were just kind of getting out of it, and it wasn't really as competitive. Once stuff really started getting competitive, people realized the importance of you know working out, being flexible, being strong. Like if you're frail and you're crashing, then you're going to get hurt easier if you're not in good shape, you know. So it definitely, um, I think, people started figuring out that it's beneficial for sure to be in good good physical shape.
0: Well, especially just the wear on your body, even if you're not wiping out. Yeah, no, you be sure. in shape.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, just the impacts and everything, the you know, you you feel those and the the you know, stronger you are, the less it's gonna it's gonna impact you. So
0: Yeah, that repetitive wear's gotta take a lot of guys out too.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean it's just not a joints going yeah, out. Yeah, and that's I mean it's a young man's sport for sure. You know, you're it's not many guys doing it, like really past forty is like there's like one guy there's like a couple that are right there you know like and it's definitely a young like from the late teens to early 30s is kind of the zone there you know um which i think is mostly just body wear and tear but then also mentality you know you start getting older and wanting to calm down a little bit definitely
0: Start wising up to the risk. Yeah, of the exactly. Before. And
1: just, I mean, it was for me personally, when I started like thinking about getting out of it, it was just the traveling and, you know, the lifestyle and, you know, it, was, it. it's just a lot to even be traveling that much, you know, let alone having to deal with the riding aspect and the, you know, the injuries and everything else that comes with it. You know, it, it's, it's a lot on you.
0: Was it hard kind of coming to that decision?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it lingered for a while. Like, I started kind of getting burnt out and not really, but then not knowing what I wanted to do, really, and always kind of wanted to, was just like, oh, like, you know, in the end of your, you know, you're not going to do this forever, you know, have a good run at it for 10, 20 years. And I always just assumed I'd get a job in the industry afterwards, you know. But by the time it started getting to that time, I was over the industry and the traveling. You know, I wanted to come back up here and
0: get routine. Yeah,
1: lay low, raise the kids. So
0: yeah, especially having kids, that's yeah, gotta be a the sure. time commitment of that is just yeah for sure. Start weighing yeah. things different. Oh, a hundred percent.
1: I mean, there is a fact that like for a lot of it like when my first when my 12 year old was born I was traveling just weekends so I'd leave like a Thursday write a show or Friday Saturday wherever the show was come back Sunday and then you have Monday Tuesday Wednesday at home you know so still like getting decent time at home but then a tour then you hop on like Mayhem Fest and you're on a bus for three months you know so there's um it's definitely harder once once I started having kids it, you start looking at the risk factor a little more, and just the uh, being home for him, you know
0: you mentioned the industry do they take care of you guys? pretty well
1: yeah, it seems that's why i had always thought like, oh, I'd get a job in the industry, you know because I'm kind of yeah,' cause, and a lot of writers kind of fall into that at the end for one of our sponsors or like management or something you know, or for promoters, like you make all these connections throughout your career and so. And know the industry you know so it, it, it's a pretty smooth transition i think for if people end up wanting to do that but it seems like a lot of people don't you know it's, it's kind of you just get get burnt out on it you know and when you're going that hard at it every day for so long it's it's nice to kind of do something now change it up
0: yeah, when you're living life at one hundred and ten percent. Yeah, for sure. Might be nice to kind of dial it back, at least to like eighty five. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll <laughs> yeah, stick here exactly. for a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. That's how it was for me, anyways.
0: But it's uh, still hard to, I mean, finding this thing at such a young age and sticking with it, and then trying to say, okay, maybe now's a good time to, yeah, dial like it said, back. It was
1: a gradual thing for me, kind of. It was, um. Like, you kind of start, like, you know, looking at other options and keeping doors open, trying to figure it out. But definitely, like, that transition from traveling every weekend and being that guy, you know, to, to the next step, the next phase of life was definitely a hard one. You know, it wasn't easy, and sometimes I still question it. I'm like, oh, I could go ride shows and go do, you know, like, it's still in the back of your mind, but um, I'm happy where I am
0: yeah uh, it seems that that itch is always going to be there in some form yeah but you could almost get caught up trying to scratch it oh for sure yeah yeah
1: i I mean like i said i have shows that will come up like in Reading or somewhat close you know i'm like oh i could go and ride that you know but then have it written for so long and and I think that if I did go, I'd want to ride, you know, at the level I was before. Push it all the yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Just that, that self-control. I don't know if it would be there. So I kind of just got to slap the wrist and back off a little bit.
0: Are you, are you still doing a lot of
1: riding? Not a lot. I try to, it's hard with working the kids. Took More the like and stuff? Yeah. Mountain biking, been doing a bunch of mountain biking, um, just to stay in shape and it's fun, you know, you still kind of kind of get that rush and um and as far as moto not that much but like now my kids are getting to the age that they're into it and so I'm definitely gonna start taking them out more and they're they're all pumped on it so
0: yeah we have a, a pretty good mountain biking scene but it doesn't seem like we have the motocross element in there because where would you do it at yeah here?
1: exactly and that's always been the problem growing up is there wasn't really a moto scene at all um or mountain bike, which now mountain bike is blown up around here. There's a bunch of super good spots. And the moto is all still kind of private. There's not even a public track, you know, in Humboldt. So it's uh, it's hard to get into. You're riding trails out, you know, in the hills or private track for the most part. Then you got to travel. So that was always a hard part growing up too, is you're going to Oregon or Central California or Nevada just to go race, you know
0: yeah it seems like we have the perfect spot where something like that could be built yeah you, know, you would think right yeah
1: yeah, you would think so but um and a ton of people have dirt bikes yeah just go rip the river bar yeah off. exactly go ride in the woods yeah but there's been uh, multiple efforts to make it happen. there used to be a track Phillipsville growing up that we all raced at, but it um yeah, I don't know it's I guess there's not enough not enough interest to make it worth anyone's while
0: which is crazy yeah. i was reading the other day that we're getting an rc track here oh, right? yeah interesting i just started laughing yeah
1: well now like i said the mountain bike thing is blown up and they're building like pump tracks and bike parks and stuff all around which is awesome um because that was like i said before i got a moto that was i was all into bmx so i think that that's a super good thing and as far as a moto, I don't know. Like Phils got shut down because of the sound, you know, the people didn't want to want to have to hear it. So, I, I that might be one of the issues. Um, now they're making all these electric bikes, so maybe that'll change it. I don't know. <laughs> have you ridden those? Yeah, I have a little bit, That's Yeah, a couple insane. of them. Yeah, they're crazy. They're fast. They're really Some of good. Those get up and go. Yeah, and it's crazy the speed that those electric motors have. Um, and they're they're just getting better,
0: and they're getting better fast. I was watching a video of these guys who bought those Suron bikes Mm -hmm. and they modded them somehow and got the top speed up to like 80 or 90 or something. Yeah, yeah, they
1: put aftermarket suspension on them, hitting big jumps and stuff. And silent. Yeah, exactly. Quiet. Yeah. 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 And it's a thing. It's happening. Some people don't like it because they're electric, you know, like.
0: You need the motor.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, it's definitely one of the things, which I don't think that'll ever go away. You know, people always have two strokes that are smoking and loud and, you know, but I think that the, the electric bikes are definitely, that's where the technology is going. So, and they're, they're good now. They're just going to get better.
0: Do they have any electric dirt bikes? Yeah. Have there been yeah. A there's a,
1: that? yeah, there's a couple. Um, Alta was one brand and they went out of business, but they had like a pretty competitive electric bike that was like comparable to 450s and then um stark barg um is now a new electric company the bikes just got released and they're like starting to race them in the pro in the 450 class i think they did in the paris supercross a couple of weeks ago um and guys are riding them in freestyle at shows at nitro circus shows and stuff so that uh, those ones look fully legit and sound. All the tests I've seen on them and stuff are have nothing but good stuff to say about them.
0: It's up to snuff. Yeah. Is there when you're doing some of these tricks? Is there any limitation on the bike? Or once you've got a four fifty, you're pretty much you're solid. Yeah.
1: I mean, you can even a two fifty f. Like we used to ride two fifty two strokes. They're basically comparable to a four fifty four stroke. Um, and with that with a 250 you can pretty much jump anything that is jumpable you know and same with the 450 now and then some guys ride the 250 four strokes it's a little slower but when you start getting into like tight quarters like in arenas we'd ride shows in basketball arenas you know like the Arco arena and stuff really tight quarters so you need that power that quick get up and go to actually get over some of the jumps you know um but yeah, basically a, a stock 450 these days, and cut some grab holes in it, and stiffen up the suspension. You're you're good to go.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they, what it looks like if they go electric. Yeah, I can't imagine electric. it would go. They'd go all electric. Yeah, like it's hard you're have to tell. Now,
1: I wouldn't be surprised, but um, I mean, those things are fast. You know, if not faster than 450. so and probably insanely light. Yeah, I don't know. I think the weight's similar. I think it's the power delivery that's different, which is a big thing with the bikes, you know, just the gyro effect of the engine and the wheel spinning, all that. Um, but then on the, the electric bikes it's adjustable. So you can actually like add engine braking that's not actually engine braking, but you're adding that that uh, you know, that compression to it. So I don't know, it seems like once people figure it out it's and it's going to be impossible not to be the best thing to be riding. You
0: know, you're going to almost have to adapt. Yeah, exactly. Unless it's the battery technology isn't quite there, and then they got to stop a show for 40 minutes to charge. charge. Yeah, <laughs> and then people are like, "No, this is not."
1: We're yeah, going back. for sure. I know that in racing, that is something that they've talked about is just like to be able to make it full f- through a full moto at full, you know, full throttle. Yeah,
0: because if you're out there riding your bike dies. Yeah, that's gonna yeah turn for some sure. People off
1: and so. I'm not too too sure how how long they last or what that or the weight or um yeah the charging time or anything but I'm sure we'll we'll know soon.
0: Are there when guys are getting out of the field is there like a space for coaching? Do you guys do yeah, that Yeah, for or? sure
1: a bunch of racers do that. Um I'm sure there's a little freestyle. I thought about that was the thing I thought about doing especially locally, you know. Um but there's no venues to do it at up here, you know, for me personally, but there's definitely that possibility and guys that do it. Um, I mean, there's a lot to be taught, you know, like there's definitely, there's so much that goes into riding a dirt bike, um, and doing it correctly and safely. And, you know, you can, there's so much stuff to improve constantly, you know, that I think coaching is, is a, especially for racers these days is like a hunt, like key factor, you know, all up and coming kids all have coaches and have somebody that's been there and done that and can teach you this and techniques always changing and evolving along with the bikes and the tracks. So, um, to have somebody that's been doing it for a while to give you their two cents just helps you, you know, get that much better that quick.
0: Yeah. A you little know. experience on the back. end yeah, goes a long sure. way. hundred percent. Did you guys have coaches? No. Yeah, kids all. today. I'm I mean, telling you, man. Yeah,
1: no, exactly. And we were, it was, we were just winging it so much back then. You know, definitely hanging out with and riding with better people. You know, like like I was saying, just going down to Southern California and riding with the top guys. You know, you're you're watching, you're learning, you're you know being able to push yourself and see what's possible. So you're coaching yourself, you're getting getting tips from them. You know, obviously you're, you're all friends and wanting. Want to help other guys learn stuff and watch them progress too. So, um, yeah, there. I'm sure there's probably some guys doing some freestyle coaching now because there's the basics that, like, for a kid to learn to go out and hit a ramp, do grabs and flips and stuff. There's definitely coachable technique there that could could make things go way smoother, you know?
0: Well, technique and mindset. Yeah. I would imagine you should be able to provide some insight on just overcoming that mental barrier oh, 100% which is huge like
1: that's 50% that's big of it, portion of it yeah. yeah for sure so yeah we uh or I learned all that stuff the hard way you know like which I'm not complaining about it it, it was part of the experience um but you definitely and you learn quick when everything's on the line you know you and you're pushing yourself and the consequences are high you you don't want to make those mistakes it's not like falling off a skateboard, you know, you're 80 feet in the air and you're breaking femurs when you eat shit, you know? So, um, yeah, you try to learn quick.
0: You have to. <laughs> yeah. Was that kind of why the ethos of like signing a team or sponsoring a team kind of came into play is cause then you have all these guys kind of pushing each other.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that it helps in bringing younger guys in with older guys, you know, like kind of the bringing the new generation in with the older guys to you know kind of kind of help and not coach but just to you know to guide and uh, mentor definitely is a big part i feel like all all sports or all action sports individual sports you know have that aspect to them where the older guys always end up bringing in some younger guys under their wing and showing them the way a little
0: bit you know which is good for everybody. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because then you've got the younger guys pushing you guys a yeah, little exactly. harder and you're kind yeah. of rubbing off on yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Is there anything equivalent to like what the Metal Militia was to what to something today? Or is it kind of more solo sponsorship?
1: Um, yeah, it's kind of... I mean, solo. There's not really like a team necessarily. There's um like Travis Pastrana has his Nitro Circus tour. It's kind of a... A set group of guys that are doing um all sports, but um from like skateboarding to b m x moto, and um they kind of have their tour and stuff that they have going on um there's yeah, just like th- sponsors, maybe like Monster has like their group of guys doing all the Supercrosses and stuff. Red Bull has their events going on, like kind of, it's just those main sponsors in the industry kind of, all are kind of running their separate programs, it
0: seems like. It's interesting how it's almost a requirement if you've got an energy drink, you gotta have, oh, you gotta yeah. have some guys out they,
1: they have the money, you know, they're, a lot of kids are buying that stuff these days, so... They got the money to pay.
0: Yeah. I went through my phase. I was down in, I mean, I've got monsters in the fridge now, but there was a period in time where I was killing two, three monsters a day. Yeah. And then you sure. wake up one day and you're like, man, this might be a yeah, problem. Yeah, for sure. More information starts coming out, like how bad they are for you. That was right. back when they would just have those like monster trucks, monster branded trucks Yeah, yeah. and just hand them out Give in them the out. back. Yeah. Hey, yeah. try this. For just sure. Just to get people hooked. Yeah. No, totally. And
1: it worked, you know. It worked they, great. They, they worked. I went through the same thing, drank a bunch of them, obviously being sponsored by Rockstar and then got to a point where I was like, oh, I'll just take the waters, the Rockstar waters, you know, or the iced coffees, drank those for a little bit, but yeah, it's not good to be drinking that shit that often, so.
0: Yeah, they're going to have a commercial one day, like those mesothelioma commercials. (laughs) If you drank this, (laughs) if you had this number of energy drinks, you might want to call it. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, uh, Julian, thanks for doing this, man. This is yeah, fun for of me. talking. Yeah, yeah. It was cool. we'll have to we'll definitely have to get you back on, do it again. Crack Sounds some beers. Good. Yeah, for take sure. some zin. Yeah. <laughs> uh do you want to plug all your stuff where people can find you? Anything like that?
1: Um, Jules Deuce on Instagram, J U L S D U S, um and besides that on Facebook, nothing much but family and fishing and dirt bikes. So yeah, it's different different lifestyle these days. Different speed. Yeah, but I, I like it. I'm happy where I'm at, had a good run doing, doing what I did and walking away from it literally and physically, you know, is, is, uh, where I want to be.
0: So and a huge accomplishment. Yeah, exactly. To be able to just walk away at the end of the day. Yeah, right. That's the goal. Literally walk That's, away. yeah, I mean, my dad
1: used to tell me that. He's like, if, if you can walk away literally and figuratively from what you've done, like you did good, you know, you accomplished your goals, got to travel the world and get paid to do it, ride your bike, like who's ready for me to stop, I think.
0: Yeah, probably. (laughs) All right, well, thanks, man. This was a lot of fun. Yes, sir.